Hello, everyone. Welcome to another great edition of the Jersey Baseball Show. We are talking with uh, one of our proud uh, New Jersey uh, residents. New Jersey grew up, born and, uh, and, and raised and escaped a little bit, but came back. Um, we're talking with Noah Clement, who is uh, assistant coach at Widener University. Got a lot of directions we're going to go here. Um, his journey to becoming a college coach, his uh, journey as a player, some some pads along the way, some Yankees talk, some some other uh, probably Baltimore Ravens. You know, Noah, Noah has never been shy about getting his opinion out and letting you know. So <laughs> this is all good stuff here. We're happy to have you and uh, and welcome today and uh, happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays, Mike. It's it's great to be here. I'm I'm excited. I got a chance to come on. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely like to stir the pot. You know that. So, um, yeah, let's get after it. The, the assistant coach who I don't know why, why is not hosting his own podcast and sports radio and life radio. Talk, the next Joe Rogan. Oh, so, God. <laughs> right, better. We'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> I think I, it might be you, Mike. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, the podcast stuff, that's a lot of time that I don't have right now. But good yeah, for you. You're killing it. But, but that's for good reasons, right? I mean, you yeah. let's uh, let's start off with where you're at now, um, sure. and and how we got into the the coaching ranks. You're still young. You're still you know not far out of your playing days, and we'll get into that yourself. Yeah. Um, but but since June, uh, on on the initial staff of new permanent head coach Kevin Burdick, just yeah. finished his first year as a, as an interim at Widener. Um, you came on, I guess, beginning of June, and uh, how did we get there? And how how do we like the uh, the coaching world? And then we'll give you a little chance to to promo and give us your uh, your pitch for Widener University because there's a lot of good ball players out there listening. And, yeah, no doubt. Well, um, you know, I, as you know, last year during COVID, I you know, I had opened a facility for a little bit, um, and it was just not sustainable throughout COVID. And you know, kind of right after that. Um, I, f I felt lost. It was the first time in my life where I really didn't have baseball. <clears throat> and um, I was kind of sitting there just thinking and, and, you know, I was like, all right, well, I guess this is it, you know, hang them up for whatever, you know, coaching, playing, I'm just I'm done with baseball. How many times can baseball break your heart? Um, and I was just sitting on the couch one day and I got a text from um, an alumni from Widener, my really good friend, Brendan Taylor. And uh, he was like, hey, you know, Widener's looking for an infield guy. And I'm like, oh, that, that's cool. I don't know why you're telling me this. Like, <laughs> you know, I have no, uh, really didn't even think, you know, I, college, coaching at college was obviously always like a dream of mine. It was just never, I never thought it would just fall on my lap um, like that. And he's like, I think it'd be really good for you. And I was like, all right, well, whatever. Sure. I'll, uh, I'll text, you know, Coach Burdick and emailed him over my resume, got a call from him and, um, you know, he was pumped. He was pumped to bring me on uh, right after the call. So it all kind of, you know, happened. It just happened. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful for it. Honestly, it, I think it kept me in the game. I think if I didn't take the job, then I probably wouldn't be in baseball anymore. Um, so, you know, taking opportunities as they come are, are so important. And uh, I notice I'm happier when I say yes to things and, um, you know, kind of venture out of my comfort zone, especially, you know, when I was that bored. Um, without baseball, but, um, no, man, being on, being on Widener staff's awesome. Um, being able to focus on infield is, is, you know, awesome. Cause that was, you know, as a player, my bread and butter, and, um, I value defense so, so much. And I think any good team does. So, um, being able to work with the group of guys I have is, is, is incredible day in and day out. 
And working with coach, I've been very impressed, you know, since he, since he took over, certainly, uh, you know, continuing a lot of the positive momentum that had been in place with Widener, but also kind of growing it in, in, in his own vision too. Yeah. And, you know, we obviously coming from coach La Rosa, who has been, who was there since I think 2000 or like mid two thousands. Um, yeah. been doing really, an awesome job at Westchester now. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's a great coach. So filling those shoes, that's that, those are big shoes to fill, especially, you know, Widener um, and, and he's done a great job and he's not shied away from his own philosophies. He's kind of putting his own, um, you know, brand on it and it's working. And, you know, we saw this fall, what, what we can do. And, um, you know, the guys are buying in and it's, uh, it's, it's been really cool to kind of see the team transform. It's, it's really a new program. Um, and, and it's a talented one. So it's definitely an exciting, exciting time for Widener baseball right now. So give me your sales pitch. You know, you're, you got to do some recruiting, I'm sure in your, yeah. in your job and, and, uh, you know, Widener, obviously in a, in a tough, um, highly competitive D3 conference in the, uh, uh, you guys are not, you guys are in the Commonwealth division. Mac, yep. Yep, right. So you're in the Commonwealth with Alvernia, with, uh, yep. with Lebanon Valley, with a lot of, you know, really strong teams. Yeah. Um, not selling the easiest of locations, obviously, uh, in, in, in Chester. Right. But, uh, but on the other hand, selling a program with a, a great history, you know, a great present as well, you know, yeah. a nice campus, um, you know, nice facility. So, so how do, uh, you know, we'll give you a chance to, to make your soundbite here and make coach happy. Tell me how you uh, get me to go to Widener. Well, first of all, the academics at Widener are, are almost slept on. Um, you know, our guys come out right away and, and get jobs. And I think, you know, especially the baseball guys, the alumni um, in the baseball program really help our guys out. Um, you know, right out of school, whether it's in business or engineering, um, there's a lot of opportunities for our players to kind of, you know, venture into whatever they want to do after college. Um, and I know that's similar for a lot of schools, but um, a lot of a lot of guys work for the same company. So they're in constant communication. It's just like it's, it's cool to like, you know, grow with your teammates, your family that you've been with and enter the real world with them and and whatnot. So um, I would say that's a, that's that's huge. Engineering at Widener is great. Business at Widener is great. Um, obviously nursing, but we don't, we don't usually get too many of those guys, but, uh, no, the academics are awesome. And, and, you know, the, the resources our students have are, are really, really great. But, um, on the baseball side, I mean, you're getting a young and hungry coaching staff. Um, and, and I think that that's, you know, so important. Um, I'm, I mean, I have guys on the team that are my age, you know, so. Yeah. With COVID. Yeah. I'm sure. Right. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely weird. Um, but what I will say is that they're such a respectful group. You know, I, I, I had come in there right away and um, they didn't treat me like a equal. They treated me like a coach and, and um, it was awesome. But the young and hungry coaching staff, man, we, we really just want to win. That's bottom line is um, develop and win. And in the fall we develop and in the spring we win. And um, it, a lot of energy, man. We, we just bring a lot of energy. We saw it in the fall, blue and gold world series. We just had, you know, the competitiveness level was unbelievable and the games were, you know, really legitimate games. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to be a part of, cause I think it makes everyone better. Um, and it weeds out guys who don't want to be there. So, um, you know, if, if, if winning's important to you, um, our staff is, is, is definitely aligned with that. Why do we love D3 baseball so much? At least our, our, those of us who are hardcore and there's so much good, 
D3 baseball yeah. and, and D2 baseball in our area that I don't think guys realize, you know, obviously not just the, the PSAC, but the, you know, the Wideners and the other strong yeah. D3s in the area. And then you come over to New Jersey and, you know, you got probably the best or maybe second best D3 conference in the, in the country with the, with the NJAC. Yeah. Why do we love it so much? What would you say to guys who don't, you know, who are like, you know, D1 blessed and, you know, that's it, right. or D1 or, 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 or bust, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you got to love baseball to play D3 baseball. I mean, I think it's as simple as that, you know, at the D1 and D2 level, there is, you know, scholarship opportunity um, to choose a D3 over a D1 or D2 um, says a lot about a guy. It says that, you know, they're there for baseball. They're there to win. They're there to get an education. Um, not saying that guys don't have that mentality at the D1, D2 level. Um, but, but D3, it's just, you got to want to be there day in, day out. It's, it's special. Um, and, and the competition level is, is, is awesome. And I would say it's a little bit more offensive than, you know, D1, D2. Um, it makes it, it makes it really fun to watch. And, and there's so much talent in D3 baseball in the area, just cause it's so populated. Um, you know, where I'm sitting right now, I could throw a rock to, to five pro guys. It's, it's unreal. Um, especially like down here in South Jersey. So, um, you know, you got the NJAC and, 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 and over in the Mac, it's there, the influx of talent around this area is just unbelievable. Um, from the D one level to the D three level. So, um, I was always a D2 and, and Juco in, in college, but D3 baseball, man, I, I, guys got to realize how good college baseball is at, at, you know, anywhere you go, college baseball is, is good. Um, you know, go watch Rowan play and, and tell me that you can go play at Rowan. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. So the D1 or bust mentality is, you know, I get it. Look, everyone wants to be a D1 ball player. Um, but especially right now with all the, you know, COVID, um, rosters and, and rollouts. And now sophomores at the D3 level even have um, another year of eligibility. So rosters are packed and the opportunities really aren't there as much as they were, you know, four or five years ago. Um, so D3 baseball, it's good for D3 baseball because we're, you know, getting, getting guys that we normally would lose to the PSAC or getting guys we'd normally lose to lower D1s, um, which is, which is great for, for the conference and great for D3 baseball. But, uh, you know, go, go watch a Juco game, go watch D3 baseball. And, and if you're much better than those guys, then by all means go test your waters. But um, I really doubt it <laughs> coming out of high school. I, I really doubt it. So that's, that leads me to kind of the next line here and, and, and Noah, the player, um, you know, went across the bridge, played at Roman Catholic, all, all PCL, you know, yep. you come out, you're, you're at a top, you know, D2 national program in Millersville. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a team that could compete against, you know, anybody in the, in the Northeast that just always loaded and coach Sheehan has done a remarkable job there. And um, what did you find out about your own game there? And then let's talk about the path that, that you took, you know, what it, because it's, it's not linear at all. No, man, not at all. <laughs> um, but but was a very successful one in, in not just, you know, your career, but also kind of broadening your perspective on things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so right out of high school, I mean, I, I was a really good high school hitter. I was a really good high school player, um, even, you know, into travel ball. And I was going into Millersville very confident. 
and you know I was there to win to win a job. Tyler Orris, who had been drafted by the Rockies, um, had just graduated. Um, shortstop was pretty much wide open. Um, it was really me and another freshman. So I, I felt, you know, going in, I had a really good opportunity to go there and play for four years and, um, you know, hope win a national championship. That was the goal. Um, and uh, about th three weeks into the fall, I, uh, we had our scout day and I was running the 60 and um, came out and, and then went to do the infield showcase. And my foot was just on fire. Like it felt like someone had, you know, lit my foot on fire. Um, I went to the trainer. They told me I had turf toe and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I have turf toe. So I'm going to go and get this checked out. Um, I had a full tear of the Liz Frank ligament in my foot, um, which is, you know, if you're playing football or basketball, it's normally a career killer. Um, so I was, you know, in a boot for a while, but, um, even before that, when we were doing inter squads, the first thing I realized was like, I am not very good at hitting. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I felt over Matt. hitting and then there's college hitting, right? There's a it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally different. Um, you know, you got to start worrying about you, talent can take over at the high school level. Um, it doesn't at the college level, you need to understand how to hit, understand your approach, be consistent with your approach um, and, and be strong mentally. But I mean, I don't think I got to hit my freshman fall before I hurt myself. Um, so the first, like I realized very quickly how competitive it was. And I actually remember going there on my junior day before even, you know, getting to campus. Um, that was the year they came in there. They were the runner up, the national runner up. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching uh, Brandon Miller pitch against, I think his name was Enzo from Westchester, lefty from Westchester. And they were both just pro arms. Like he's throwing 94, 95, hitting inner, inner half, outer half, wipeout slider. I'm like, I'm like, where am I? This is the middle, you know, this yeah. isn't Lancaster. Brandon Miller pitching. You got Chaz McCormick out in center. Oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't even bring up Chaz McCormick. Yeah, you know. he's all right. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Um, but – I mean, the, the guys on that team, Stolzfus, Dan Neff, I mean, the talent was unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I learned I learned very quickly that I needed to, you know, get better hitting. Um, so once I got hurt, it, it, it almost seemed like the decision was easy, um, you know, to go to go find somewhere and develop, um, which, you know, is how I ended up at Rowan Gloucester. And thank God I did, because if I didn't, I probably never would have learned how to hit. Um, so super grateful for, for that. Um, you know, opportunity that, that coach Valley gave me. Um, but even going in there, man, I mean, there, I'm, I'm, I'm at shortstop with like seven other guys at tryouts. And I'm like, am I even going to make this team? Like everyone here is so damn good. Like we're at a Juco in South Jersey and, and, and these guys are studs and from all over the place, uh, Dominican yeah. Republic, you know, PA, North Jersey, South Jersey. It's like, how does this happen? Um, but, but now, I mean, Gloucester was Gloucester development, you know, for the fall was, was pretty incredible. And I, I really recommend the Juco route for guys who, um, you know, might be late bloomers or want to work on their game and, and play, you know, it's, it's rare to go to a four-year school and play for four years. So, um, you know, cut it in half, play for two, and then go play for two more at a four-year. Yeah. Um, and then, then to Pace University. Yeah. Yep. Pace. Your career finished out there and got to play in the NE10, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was cool, man. Uh, the NE10 is so my junior year, it was still a wood bat league. Okay. I was, I was going to ask you if that was, yeah. if you were in the transition, right? Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was a huge, um, that's just what you needed for, for, for your, for your hitting is, is here, here's your wood bat, go hit this 90, 92, you know? 
Well, here's, here's the thing, Mike, like I couldn't explain it. And I always tell people and people call me crazy. Like I hit better with wood. I always did. So when I was going through the recruiting trail and, and coming out of Juco, I had, I had a really good, you know, bunch I had from D1 to D3 um, to NAIAs. I had some really good, you know, opportunities, a lot of places. And I landed on pace, obviously, because it's a great school. I got a really good degree um, and, and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, college baseball with wood, like that's like a summer league. Like, that's cool. That's fun. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to try that out and, and challenge myself. And, um, you know, in conference, we use wood and I hit much better in conference than I did at a conference. So um, for whatever reason, I just simplified myself as a hitter when I used wood, I just, you know, really tried to catch the baseball with the barrel. And um, that's kind of how I played it. But um, the anytime was, was very competitive, very, very fun league to play in. Um, and they don't really, you know, not, not too many guys from around this area go any tents, a little more North, but um, certainly if you're listening to this, you know, there's, there's a lot of D2 opportunities up North and it's just as cold up there as it is here. It's not, <laughs> everyone thinks, oh, like you're in, you're in New York, like it's freezing. I'm like, no, it's the same. It's the same. You know, it's, it's, it's the same. Yeah, as, a, as opposed to the 75 we got here this time of year. Right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, do it some clarity either place. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, in the recruiting pool, definitely reach out to some of those schools because Franklin Pierce, Southern New Hampshire, um, yeah. I, you know, those, these are great programs that yeah. if you, you know, you throw in the PSAC, they're right at the top of it as well. So any 10's got some, got some really good teams. You mentioned something earlier. We're going to change paths a little bit about um, going after opportunities and you're always happiest and, and, and most fulfilled when you say yes to these things. And it, it, it takes us down the direction of, of mental health and, you know, something that, that we feel strongly about and fortunate enough to, to do some powerful things with recently on our show. Absolutely. Uh, know that that's an, a, a thing for you as well. Mm. Um, you know, short version, I guess, but, but, you know, it, tell us about your story there a little bit and what you've, you know, kind of learned and, and, and help you along the way. Yeah, sure. Um, I just remember in high school, um, I had, I had broken my arm and it was the first time that I was watching my teammates play without me on the field. And I will never forget how I felt. I felt guilty for some reason. And um, I was very, very upset that I couldn't be out there. And it got to a point where I, I got really depressed, like really, really depressed. I, you know, I wouldn't show up for practices anymore. I didn't want to be around baseball. Um, and my mom had taken notice and God bless her. Cause you know, I wouldn't have ever gone and, and done it myself, but um, I went to see a sports psychologist and man, is that, that's something that could really help a lot of guys. Um, and then, you know, coming off the injury, it's more mental than it is physical. You know, you're healed up. You got to go out there and play, but you're afraid to go out there and play hard because you don't want to hurt yourself again. So, um, you know, coming off, coming off that injury was a real wake up for me realizing that, you know, I'm not as mentally tough as I thought I was. This is really hard for me. Um, and obviously struggled a little bit and, and, and that sucks, but, um, all the way out throughout college, man, I mean, I, I struggle with anxiety on the field. Um, you know, confidence waivers and it's tough. Baseball is a tough game. And if you let it get to you, it'll, you know, it'll ruin you. Um, so staying on top of staying on top of that. And, uh, you know, I recommend sports psychology to, to anybody. 
um, because it really does change careers. It's 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 I, I probably wouldn't have played college baseball if I had never gone to see my sports psychologist just because I don't, I'm not sure that I would have, would have cared as much as I did. Yeah, it's it's such a uh, such a crazy game. I mean, it just you know, you're a star if you you fail seventy percent of the time at the plate. Yeah. And, and it's it's just such a tough game to deal with, and it's every day. And that's yeah. Know, if you if you don't and you and you suffer in silence, it just kind of it, it'll eat at you. Well, and that's the thing. So many guys do suffer in silence, and and that's that's part of the problem. Um, you know, is guys feel like they're being judged if they're, you know, or called soft if, if they're struggling mm-hmm. mentally and um, it eats away at a lot of guys. So, you know, it, the one thing I will say is like, if you're be a, be a teammate, a good teammate is going to be supportive of, of those kind of guys. And um, we actually had touched upon this at a, at a team meeting we had at Widener uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, being vulnerable and understanding your teammates because not everybody's motivated the same way. Um, yeah. Like for me personally, I needed someone to expect the absolute most out of me. Um, I needed to be ridden. I needed to be yelled at verbally. I, I, that's how I played. That's how I like to play. And some guys aren't like that. Some guys need a pat on the back and be like, hey, you know, they need reassurance. You're a good ball player. Go play. Um, but staying in the moment really for me was, was the, biggest, the biggest piece of that whole thing, not even worrying about going over for today and then having to go back and do it tomorrow. Cause if you think like that, it's going to happen. And then you're going to mm-hmm. come back the next day and dig yourself a deeper hole and then dig yourself a deeper hole. It's just, it, it'll never end. If you, if you don't, if you don't combat it, it'll never end. Um, so like staying in the moment and, and having fun, realizing that you're playing a game, you get to play a game every day. It's the best game and, and it's such an opportunity. So, um, that was really big for me to understand, you know, playing in the moment is taking it one pitch at a time is, is really important mentally. Going to hit you with a couple of quick topics before we, uh, we have to uh, depart for today. Sure. Cause we know you, we, you'll never have a strong opinion on any of this. I'm sure. <laughs> um, MLB lockout. Oh God. I knew you were going to And these are 60 seconds or less. These are, these are quickies, but I don't know if it's possible, but you, the biggest thing that you notice or think about with, as far as, you know, what, what Rob Manfred's done to, uh, to the game right now. Well, I mean, Rob Manfred, obviously you can say whatever you want about him. I think the biggest thing that's come out of all this that no one's talking about is the fact that he's using two different baseballs for primetime games and non-primetime. I mean, what are we doing, Mike? That's like literally the commissioner in the flake gate. I don't understand how he has a job. I really don't understand how he has a job. Um, and if we, if we come out of the lockout with Manfred still as commissioner, it, 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 the game is just in a, the game's in a bad place. It's in a bad place, but um, the owner agreed the lockout. It's, it, it's, what are you going to do? I mean, we I obviously know a lot more than we do as fans, but it's frustrating, especially being so close to COVID. You know, we, we want baseball. And I think this year you saw the ratings were up. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, baseball's back. So I don't think people really realize how, how much they love baseball until it's gone. And I really hope this, you know, spring training starts on time because, I mean, you know me. I, I watch – I'll sit here and watch baseball. I wait for the West Coast games to end before I go to bed. So um, I really hope they can figure something out because I can't go another six months without, without the Yankees. Give me your 60-second fix for the Yankees because I, I have a feeling losing the wild card game isn't isn't acceptable. Well, I was there, 
it was one of the worst days ever. I was in Fenway um, with all Red Sox fans, and that was definitely a tough one. Um, our $340 million pitcher just getting absolutely shelled. Yeah. Um, but my fix for the Yankees, let's see. Um, not everybody has to be a three total outcome guy. You can survive with one, maybe two, but I mean, Gallo stinks. I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't get over the fact that I go on Twitter and, and people talk crap about Derek Jeter and then praise Joey Gallo. Gary Sanchez is a liability behind the dish. So you need a catcher, you need an outfielder, you need a shortstop. You got to boost the rotation. Our center, we don't have a center fielder. Aaron Hicks, our center fielder. I mean, what, what's going on? Aaron Hicks is hitting 200 in Dominican ball right now. And, and people are happy because he's walking. I mean, sure, great, but, you know, come on. So fixing the Yankees, I mean, Boone, don't even get me started, but they just need, they need contact. They need athleticism. They got no athleticism. I've always thought you needed to be strong up the middle and you need to have dudes up the middle to win. And they're precisely three out of four positions that just not getting it done. I don't see how that team wins. I don't either at all. Um, they got no catcher, no shortstop, no center fielder. It's it's yeah. mind blowing. And Probably the three most important positions, I think. Honestly, yeah. I mean, for for the most, and, and also we have a vacancy at first base now. I don't, I don't know if you know the whole the whole thing was planning on trading for Olson, and we figured that was going to happen before the lockout. And now that's yeah. not happening. And I'm a guy who values first base defense incredibly. I really do. I, I think a good first baseman is 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 you know crucial because um, you saw what Rizzo brought to the Yankees halfway through mm-hmm. the season. Um, compared to Luke Voigt, who can't, you know, catch anything. Um, so, you know, catcher, shortstop, center field, first base. It's like, what? where are the Yankees? What are we doing? What are we doing? Like, go go out and get guys. And then you got Hal saving up all his money and charging 25 bucks for chicken buckets. It's just it. – he's actually the reason a lockout's happening with, you know, the, the revenue they bring in compared to payroll is so above and beyond every other team. And we, we just go out and give Carlos Correa 350. Like, who cares? Just go do it. <laughs> it's a nightmare. All right. We got football. We got Ravens for some reason. I'm not sure why you're a Ravens fan, so you can tell us that. But I actually grew up in Baltimore. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, then, then that's legit. Um, yeah. I mean, they're always good. But yeah. can they beat the Patriots no. this year? And it seems like we're still saying how – you know, was it was it Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? And the answer is yes, it was Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It's unreal. I think I put out a tweet a couple of days ago. It was like the Patriots really went from a 20-year dynasty to one bad year to another 20-year dynasty. And that's what it yeah. feels like. It's um I can't imagine being a Dol- being a Dolphins fan. It was bad man. enough when the two of them were together and only yeah. dominating football with one team. Now it's two teams. Yeah, man. It's 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 wild. I don't know if Tom Brady's ever gonna retire. I really just don't. Um, but no, I mean the fact that the Ravens were the one seed if the season ended last week, a week, like a week ago. They've they given up more points than they scored, right? Oh, they stink, Mike. They're, they got no – they can't tackle. They got no corners. They got no run. Devontae Freeman look is like all we have. We have Devontae Freeman and Lamar Jackson. And we had Marlon Humphrey. Now he's out for the year. They can't catch – I think they got 17 guys in the IR. It's, it's like the worst Ravens team I remember seeing. And uh, it's still – Somehow they're still – yeah, I don't – I don't know. They could easily be – they could easily be. I mean, I know there, there, there is something to say about winning close games. I mean, that does show, you know, coaching. Harbaugh's great. Um, but they could legitimately be like two and 10 or two and 10 right now. I mean, really, they barely beat the line. I mean, they barely beat any team they play. They uh, took a 66-yard field goal to beat the Lions. Yeah, literally. I mean, literally it's funny. I was actually – I was at a recruiting event during that. And you, there's a video. I got to find the video. I'll send it to you. 
um, of uh, I'm sitting back there and it, it's over or it's over time. Fourth quarter, we're Fourth watching, quarter. we're watching the game. Like me and all the coaches, just prime time moment in the game, and everyone like everyone just like looking over my fo- shoulder, looking at my phone, and it goes up. It hits the it hits the crossbar, and it goes up, and like everyone just goes like spurts out, like goes nuts. They're like holy crap, like 66 yards. That's insane. Um, but no, man, the Ravens stink. We're going nowhere this year. It's gonna be. It's going to be a one and out if if we make the playoffs. Um, I think the Bengals are better. I think the Browns are just as good, and Steelers. Patriots, you know, so Patriots were Chiefs, and Tampa were Green Bay, right? It, it's yeah. I mean, and we go out and, and dominate the Chiefs. I mean, what? I just don't get sports. I don't know why I invest so much into sports. It makes no <laughs> sense to me. But uh, else makes sense either. So why should that? We've had a, an, unfortunately, we got to cut it short here today, but, but no, Clement, certainly appreciate the time. Um, let's, uh, let's do it again soon. Let's, let's get on and get some more guys over to Widener. Let's get Bryce French and hitting some bombs this year. I'm putting you in charge and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Yeah. Bryce had a good fall, man. He's going to have a really good season. He's, so, he's a, excited he's a to big see boy. Bryce. He's going to, you know, he can, he can hit him. He's fun to uh, watch. Sure. That's our that's our show today, Jersey Baseball Show. We look forward to catching you next time. See you guys.